Hi, welcome to Responsa Radio Kids Edition, where kids ask and we answer questions of Jewish law in modern times. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip, here with Rabbi Ethan Tucker, and we are recording this episode with a little help from Hadar's Children and Families Division, which you may know from our weekly Parsha magazine, Dvash, and our Parsha podcast, Torah Time. Find out more and subscribe at hadar.org slash kids. Today, we are so excited to get to answer a question submitted by a real kid. We're going to start with a question that I I have to admit, I've wondered myself, so I'm really glad that this kid submitted the question. I'm Ronit. I'm in fifth grade in New York City. And my question is, can you make kiddish with frozen grapes if that's all you have? Oh, wow. This sounds like... Uh... Maybe a busy week that didn't quite plan out the way you wanted. You ended up only with frozen grapes in the freezer. First, I just have to say, um, we're big fans of frozen grapes in my house. And I really wasn't sure how widespread that practice was. So I'm glad to hear that other people also throw their grapes in the freezer and enjoy that frozen treat. Yeah, I've had it one or two times, but we don't generally have it. Uh, But it's a great question. You know, what do you do? You don't have uh, your grape juice or your wine. Uh, Can you use the frozen grapes in the freezer? All right, so let's kind of take it apart. There's a couple different things here. The basic answer is no, (laughs) but we'll get to the no why and what it is. But the simple reason is forget frozen, not frozen. You can't actually make kiddush over grapes, okay? So I'm curious to hear why, because... We do say Pariha Gafen. This is the uh, the fruit of the vine, and don't the grapes come from the vine? That's right. So Borei Pariha Gafen does talk about the vine, and that's where the grapes come from. But actually, just to go to the question of the bracha that you would say over it, the blessing you would say over this food, if you eat an actual grape, you don't say Borei Pariha Gafen. You say Borei Pariha Eitz. You talk about the fruit that came from the tree because it's still in the form of something that is plucked off of something and eaten, as opposed to we're looking for something that is wine or like wine. And that special formulation of the vine, hagafen, is only when you're kind of using the thing from the grapevine for the special thing that it makes. So here's your options, all right? If you've got actually a bunch of grapes right before Shabbat, and you realize, oh, I don't have any grape juice. I don't have any wine. In the Talmud, one of our famous rabbis named Rava comes along and says, oh, if you only have grapes, you can just squeeze those right before Shabbat into a glass, into a bowl, whatever it is. And then the liquid that comes out, you can use that for kiddush. So we need grape juice, but essentially we could make our own grape juice? That's exactly right. If you have some grapes right before Shabbat, you can quickly turn them into grape juice. And then that grape juice, you might want to remove the skins and maybe some of the pits, but that is perfectly okay to use for Kiddush. But you noticed I said before Shabbat, because on Shabbat, the act of taking a grape or any kind of fruit that we turn into juice and actually squeezing it and producing it into juice is one of the things we don't do on Shabbat. So if Shabbat already came, it already started, and you've got that cluster of grapes, actually you're out of luck, Uh there's nothing you can do. But there's a cool backup that you might not have known about. If you don't have 
any grape juice or wine, and you hopefully still have some challah or some bread that you're planning to eat for Friday night dinner, you actually just make Kiddush over the bread. So you start off the regular now, way. Now, I know bread doesn't grow on a vine. <laughs> bread does not grow on a vine. But if you think about it, what we're really doing with Kiddush is trying to start off the day before we eat anything else by saying, hey, it's Shabbat. We're kind of dedicating this food and this eating to this special day. So the good way, the right way to do that, if you can, the way you plan it out, is you have a special drink that starts off a meal. And, you know, in ancient times, and even today, lots of people used to just drink wine at the beginning of most meals. So it's a way of saying, tonight, my wine is going to be special, and I'm going to say a whole prayer about Shabbat around it. But if you don't have the wine, actually, the bread can do the same thing. So you would just start off with washing your hands first, saying, Hamotzi lecha min ha'aretz, but then before eating the bread, you'd say the whole special paragraph of Kiddush, Asher Kiddshanu b'mitzvotav, and ending with Mekadesh Shabbat. And that way, you still have Kiddush, but that week over bread, not over frozen grapes. So I'm curious, why, why is the bread better than grapes? It feels to me like the grapes would be closer, I imagine, um, the kid that asked the question also is thinking, hey, grapes seem more like grape juice than bread does. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. It obviously is more similar in the sense that it's the same kind of food. It's the thing that the wine will come from. Um, But in a way, you can feel it from the special brachot, the special blessings that we say, borei priagafen for wine and hamotzi lecha mina aretz for bread. Wine and bread in particular have a kind of power that they are able to kind of cover other foods. So, for instance, when you start off a meal and you say hamotzi over the bread, you don't have to say any more brachot, any more blessings for the rest of the meal, even though you're eating all kinds of different foods, because the bread is kind of like a superfood that covers everything. And people aren't necessarily as aware of this, but that's also true of wine. If you drink wine at the beginning of a, of a sort of sitting down to eat different stuff, you don't have to say a bracha over any other drinks hmm. that you have. You say bore priagafen over something, then you can have an orange juice, you can have a cherry Coke, you can have any number of things, and it's all covered. So wine and grape juice are also kind of a superfood. And if you think about it, part of the reason probably that's true is those were things that were used in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple, as ah. really central foods, right? Bread was brought as part of the minachot, the flour sacrifices that were brought. And wine was something that was poured on the Mizbeach, on the altar, all the time. So they have this sort of very special role, um, and they were a really central part of people's diet. So grapes are something we make wine out of, but they're not special and powerful in the same way. That's cool. I like the idea of uh, imagining that we're eating and drinking things that actually were also used by our ancestors. That helps me connect my Shabbat practice all the way back to generations and generations who have been celebrating Shabbat, even if they didn't have frozen grapes in their freezer. Yeah, it's cool to think about that. I feel like I've learned something about what connects wine and bread is that they're both foods that actually took 
some human interaction. You don't just get bread from the ground and you don't right. just get wine from the right. vine. That there's some like we are partners with God and mm-hmm. creating the world thing. Mm-hmm. Is that something that connects those two foods? And is there a tradition about why that matters? Yeah, well, there's no question that bread and wine, aside even from the things you're saying about we have a special role in creating them and maybe we're honoring that, we have a special role in creating them because people really liked and needed them and ordered their whole eating around them. So in particular, back in the world of the Mediterranean, the area of the world near where Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, is and was in all these texts, um, they had a diet where they pretty much ate like bread and some form of like even light wine at any meal that was like a significant meal. And if you think about it, it's such a pain in the neck to make bread. Uh, If you've ever like taken some wheat kernels and sat there and done a workshop where you ground it up, I mean, and then you sift it. In my family, when we bake bread, we start with flour. We don't start with wheat. (laughs) That's right. And when you think about why would someone put in so much effort for something like that, it must be they they like it. It gives a lot of nutrients. It's, you know, really a major thing that's powering them through the day. So that created a whole meal where when you think about, oh, a meal, of course, that has bread. Um, I'm drinking something. Of course, I'm drinking some wine. That's certainly at a fancy meal. That's what I'm going to drink. And we still have that a little. Obviously, people eat plenty of bread and they drink plenty of wine. But it is a little different. We have a little bit of a different diet. And in that way, when we sit down to like challah and wine on Friday night, sometimes people think of that as, oh, now I'm doing a Jewish meal. So I eat these things, which I might not during the week. We have to remember, actually, the meal of a glass of wine and some loaves of bread. They would have had that every day of the week, Mm -hmm. maybe. And the thing that was different on Friday night was you were giving it a special blessing to make it special for Shabbat. Got it. So what we think of as special Shabbat foods, actually what's special is the brachot. In a lot of ways, I think that's a good way to put it. And so the answer is, if you're stuck with frozen grapes, no, you should just stick with the bread that week to make kiddush. But next week, maybe you want to take the grapes out of the freezer a few days in advance and on Friday afternoon, squeeze them into a cup and then you could make kiddush on them on Friday night. Thanks, Ronit, for the question. Do you have a halachic question you'd like answered on Kids Response Radio? Email us at halacha at hadar.org. H-A-L-A-K-H-A-H at hadar.org. You can tell us your name and age and where you're writing from, or you can ask anonymously. We'd love to hear from you. Responsor Radio is a project of the Hadar Institute. Thanks to Jeremy Tabak for producing this podcast and to Evan Feist for editing this episode. 